0: What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast where we'll discuss this week's big headlines in news and entertainment and keep you up to date with Cal Poly News. I'm Caitlin Scott.
1: And I'm Zachary Donenfield.
0: And you're listening to The Flip Side.
1: And in today's news The Olympics started this week, yeah?
0: So, the 2018 Winter Olympics are officially underway in Pyeongchang, South Korea. More than 2,900 athletes from around 92 countries will compete in 15 disciplines. The United States is sending a team of 243 athletes, which is a record, and some Americans to watch out for in the sports. This year, our skier Lindsey Vaughn, who was unable to compete in Sochi because of an injury. Then we have speed skater Shawnee Davis, who hopes to add f- to her four Olympic medals. Brady Talon in women's figure skating, Kelly Clark on the half pipe and snowboarding, Jamie Anderson will defend her slope style gold. And Sean White hopes to podium this year after missing that in 2014.
1: The big, Probably some of the biggest news that is coming out is um, how Russian athletes cannot be represented by their country. They, they have to play under the banner of Olympic athlete and play under the flag of the Olympic committee rather than the Russian flag and their national anthem uh, won't be played. Instead, the the anthem for the Olympics will be played during their procession and whatnot. Honestly, pretty humiliating, I feel like. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they deserve it. You know, they doped during uh, the 2014 Sochi, Sochi Olympics. And then it was found through further investigation that they had, in fact, been doing this for quite a while. And it was in response to the fact that they were getting absolutely demolished by the United States uh, Olympic teams. So, you know, they honestly deserve they deserve all the hate coming their way.
0: You've seen Icarus, right? No. It's this documentary on Netflix and it's about this guy who was trying to mimic the doping that Lance Armstrong has been doing for years. And it starts off as a very innocent little experiment, and he ends up taking the Russian government down in the process. And actually, his documentary is what prompted the investigation into Russia's doping scandal. Scandal. Yeah. Well, they have like a state run doping program. So that is why. It's a really good movie, though. It's very intense, it escalates very quickly, kind of long, but worth it.
1: Yeah, I feel bad for the Russian athletes because it seems like this whole scandal is a little bit out of the, their control, right? The government put a lot of pressure on the Russian Olympic organization to have their athletes dope and take uh, performance-enhancing drugs in order to achieve higher status or qualifications at the Olympics. And, you know, these athletes, I'm sure that if they refuse, they get terminated, they get taken off the team and so I feel like a lot of these athletes their hands were tied in a certain sense it wasn't an individual's action it was an organization's decision that led to this outcome it's unfortunate for these athletes I hopefully they will have sorted out this doping issue for this Olympics because it would be really nice to see a scandal-free competition for once you know it seems to me like Every competition, you know, someone comes out as, you know, having taken performance-enhancing drugs or doping. And it breaks the sport. It breaks the competition.
0: Yeah. Moving on. Moving on. Rolling into some entertainment news.
1: So, a poor Girl Scout came under fire recently for posting up with her parent in front of a marijuana dispensary to sell Girl Scout cookies.
0: Marijuana smells good. Legendary, really. She
1: ended up selling over three hundred boxes and raised almost what fifteen hundred dollars.
0: Yeah, because Girl Scout cookie boxes go upward. They're like five dollars now, right?
1: Yeah, they're pretty expensive. And people, you know, I I will pay five dollars for a box of Thin Mints.
0: Oh yeah. Have you ever just eaten a like an entire sleeve of Thin Mints? Yes. Because I have. Well, obviously, I'm like a cookie monster. <laughs>
1: Anyway, uh, she she started to get a a lot of heat on social media. Like, this story picked up traction, and people were—there were two camps. There were people who were not a fan. They thought that this was a horrible decision by the girl's father to allow her daughter to do that, that she was corrupting her by letting her so close to a dispensary. And then there were others who were like, this is genius. Like, the ingenuity of this girl to set up shop next to a dispensary where she knows she's going to get a lot of hungry people foot traffic— That's, you know, that's brilliant business.
0: Yeah. I was never in Girl Scouts myself, but I know people that were in Girl Scouts. And Girl Scouts, like, the nature of Girl Scouts is savage.
1: Yeah? What do you know? The
0: competitiveness to sell the most amount of boxes. There was this girl I went to high school with, and she would trolley around, like, a wagon around school. And at this point, she's, like, a junior in high school, so she really shouldn't have even been selling Girl Scout cookies anymore. But... Bringing boxes of Girl Scout cookies to a high school, genius. And I'm pretty sure she sold the most each year. But it was also not fair because the prizes were like bicycles. And she was very much 17, 18 at the time.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't understand why there's this hoorah over it to begin with, right?
0: Like Girl Scouts in general?
1: No, no, no. This girl selling Girl Scout cookies outside a dispensary. She's making money for the organization, you know?
0: But I think Girl Scouts is supposed to be something where it's a character thing. Like you're representing an organization. Sure. Okay.
1: Here's my argument though. You have someone selling cookies outside of Safeway that sells alcohol. It's the same as now selling cookies outside a dispensary. They're both, you know, drugs, they're both legal now. You have to be a certain age to buy them. It's not like this girl can walk into this dispensary and buy some marijuana. Times are changing. And, you know, this is the new reality that this drug is legal. It's not more damaging than than alcohol, you know, Mm -hmm. as long as her father, you know, raises her right and is like, don't.
0: Oh, no, but they, they put thought in this 100%. So I was reading that. So technically, you're not supposed to like set up your little shop or whatever outside of a store if that store isn't permitted by the girl scouts so say like bonds or Fresh, for example they have a permit to sell outside there mm. so there was no permit for them to sell outside of this dispensary and so that was i guess the big problem yeah but the girl was not um, she was mobile she had a wagon so she was walking up and down the street outside of the dispensary. Oh, so she
1: wasn't posted, Yeah, and so
0: they, they thought it through. And she's like, I wasn't posted. Like, I wasn't technically on their property. And they
1: do say that you can go anywhere to sell these cookies.
0: Yeah, and so the Girl Scouts of San Diego were like, okay, you're right, but it's still a gray area. Like, they're still being like, you shouldn't have done that.
1: Yeah. I mean, ultimately... It's a non-issue, right? This girl's brilliant. It was a great idea, you know.
0: Okay, but do you think there's any difference between setting up in front of a dispensary and setting up in front of frat row? Because there are Girl Scouts here that do that. Have you seen that?
1: Oh, yeah, I have, actually. They're just on the sidewalk in front of all the frat houses. Yeah. Brilliant. It is brilliant.
0: Because all of these frat guys and sorority girls on the weekends when they're all drunk are, like, walking from their dangers and they stumble upon the Girl Scouts and they just buy up all these cookies.
1: Honestly, brilliant. Honestly, brilliant.
0: I don't know. I think it's I think it's smart. Like, what the thought process is of them setting up outside of a dispensary or them setting up outside of front row.
1: Yeah. You know, I don't know. I feel like some like, parents... Like,
0: oh, there's just kids. Like... <laughs> 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 There's just lots of college students.
1: Yeah. Or like, this street just happens to have a lot of hungry people all the time. (laughs) And I don't know why.
0: But mom said it was a good place to go. But it works. So we're here.
1: (laughs) The next thing in entertainment. So two weeks ago, the New York Times published an an article called The Follower Factory. It was a fantastic article. Had some amazing graphics in it. It really brought to light a new issue that social media is facing and advertising is facing, which is fake followers and influencers buying fake followers and what that means. Honestly, for me, like this this article, it brought to light a whole new perspective of the world of social media.
0: Well, social media is no longer a social platform. Social media is a business.
1: Yeah, it's not just for posting photos of what you did that day, but it's a way of of selling whatever it is you're putting out.
0: So you know when you used to ask a kid what they want to be when they grow up? Oh, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be president. There are some kids now that are like, I want to be a YouTuber.
1: Or I want to be a social influencer.
0: Yeah, so some people have this mentality of, I want to be a social influencer, So they're setting up this brand for themselves online and if you think about it, they curate their profile enough and they buy a million followers and a company just stumbles upon their profile and likes it and they sponsor them and boom, they're making money.
1: Yeah, no, people are making money through a a plethora of social media sites, you know, whether it's Instagram or Twitter or Twitch, like streaming video games is huge now, or YouTubing. There's all these different platforms, and you can buy followers and views and likes for every single one of those platforms, and it's completely reshaping the structure and the scene of social media. And I would argue in not a very good way, and so does the New York Times. Well, I think one of the biggest issues is you get this false narrative of someone being way more popular and influential than they actually are, and that plays into the minds of young people, I feel like. They'll they'll look at someone who has 11K followers, which 10,000 of them are probably fake, and they'll post something, and they'll look at the follower count, and their follower count will change the message that that person is having and the effect that that person is having on a young person where that person's like oh like it looks like a lot of other people find this guy to be stimulating and his his words to be profound like I guess I should too
0: well we even see that just now and you meet someone and you follow them on their Instagram and you
1: you subconsciously look at how many followers they N- have. Not or... even
0: the followers, but you like subconsciously like judge their life and you judge them on how they've curated themselves online.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you have this like mindset of how this person is. It's crazy. I don't know. Do you know what I mean though? When you meet someone and you've only known them through online. Mm-hmm. And then once you meet them in person, you're like, oh, you are nothing
1: like I thought like you I were. Like I thought you were. Yeah. No, totally. Likes. And follows have now become like a sort like a sort of currency, digital currency.
0: You know how you can usually tell, though, is if someone has like 14,000 followers and then they get like 500 likes on a photo.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's pretty easy to spot. That being said, it's not good to have a mindset where you feel insufficient or less than if you're comparing your profile to someone else's and you're like, oh, like... I only got 70 likes on this photo. Well, it's not
0: even comparing your profiles. It's like comparing your life because Instagram is the highlights of your life, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not going to post on there when you have a shitty day or something. No.
1: No, Instagram is is very interesting because there's an there's an unspoken etiquette to how you curate your Instagram. You can't post more than like once a week really unless you're known to be
0: like, rules of Instagram yeah
1: you're known to be like a photographer like you know and this is your business account so you'll post you know every three days or so but for a personal account like you're in my you like yours and mine you know you can't post twice in a day it's even weird to post every day you need to like have some buffer in between and there's no rule book for this but it's we've made a rule we've book. made a rule book
0: well, you'll even see people be like, "Well, I can't post this until seven o'clock at night because that's that's the most when traffic. eyes yeah. are gonna see my photo."
1: No, the, I mean the whole the whole arena of social media both can be really cool and also terrifying because I can only imagine what young people are experiencing as they grow up. You know, because we oh, didn't yeah. have Instagram would... when we were like ten years old. But if your inst- if your Instagram got ten more likes than mine did when we were ten, for example that would that would affect me I would
0: hate to be 12 13 14 right now. could you imagine
1: no that'd be rough It'd be rough and you know these kids are like you know vish I was you know middle school is vicious
0: oh yes
1: yeah anyway back to the article New York Times dissected uh, one company there are plenty of companies that uh, sell fake followers and fake likes I mean they market them as real followers and real likes but they're just bots. And the company that they dissected was called Devami. And they basically went through, like, what you're paying for when you buy 100,000-plus followers, you know, what happens, and who's behind this whole thing, and how they Devami, like, sets it up as this legitimate business, when in fact there's some very shady aspects to it. And this whole arena of buying fake followers and fake likes can have some real-world consequences, even though it's trading in virtual currency. And so, ugh, like, it it, it makes me cringe. It makes me feel really weird to, like, think that somebody thinks it's acceptable to pay money for fake followers to appear more influential than they are.
0: But, I mean, what does that even say about you as a person?
1: That you're insecure, I guess.
0: Right? I don't know. It's such a so interesting because yeah it's this sense of self gratification it's gross but it's true
1: i mean i listen i know exactly which one of my photos on instagram has gotten the most likes and i know the ones that haven't gotten very many and i notice these things and i don't like that i notice it it's like weird for me but i do you know mm-hmm. and i don't talk about it and i don't mention it to other people because I don't want that to like be a big part of my life, and I don't feel like it is, but the fact that I do notice it means that it, it kind of is.
0: Yeah, social media needs to be taken with just a grain of salt. I don't know. You just have to keep telling yourself that it really doesn't matter at the end of the day.
1: No, it really... And there's so many factors that play into it, you know? Like, when you post a photo, like... There might not be many many people online at that moment, you know, and then a bunch of people post right after you and your photo goes down in the feed and a lot of people don't see it. You know, that's just one example of why a photo might not get as many likes as another one might. But point being is using this system of social media to feel good about yourself. It's a dangerous game because there's so many different factors that are unknown to you that account for how much exposure something gets.
0: PSA, you're more than the likes you get on Instagram, okay?
1: You are, and...
0: I've met some dope people that get like 10 likes on a photo. Yep. They're so underrated. Yep. <laughs> you don't need to be on Instagram. Oh, you know the real MVPs and the ones that don't even have social media. This you is meet someone this and they're true. like, I don't have an Instagram. Ooh, you're probably really cool.
1: Um. I think this is a great time to announce to our listeners that Caitlin Scott does not have a Facebook. I don't. She's really stoked about it.
0: Yeah. You know what? And I've, I've continuously thought about getting one because there are moments where, say, I'm looking for housing or, I don't know, there's certain things on Facebook that are important, but it's so not important to me. Like, I have no desire to be on Facebook. The only thing I've had a desire is, like, for employment or something.
1: Honestly, Facebook is, is dying, in my opinion, so you're not missing out on much, but...
0: Yeah, so why do I need to go back?
1: Kudos to you, because... Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I know that I give you a hard time for it, but I actually do think it's a good thing.
0: I love not having a Facebook. It's great, and I miss out on things, and sometimes I have no idea what people are talking about, but it's totally fine.
1: It's all right. She's a Twitter fiend. That's where she gets her info, so no fake no fake Facebook news for this girl.
0: No In Cal Poly News.
1: So tonight, Cal Poly is going to be hosting a fake news panel where they'll have a a bunch of different speakers from different backgrounds and different perspectives speaking on how they feel like the state of, of news and the state of journalism is right now in this current atmosphere.
0: So the panel is made up of a bunch of different people, each representing different groups at Cal Poly. So they have Alicia Shepard, who is a journalist, a former journalist for NPR and a biographer for the Watergate scandal. Sue Mitchell, who will speak on behalf of the Journalism Department at Cal Poly. Chip Vissi? Chip V. (laughs) A former Tribune publisher and senior strategist for Barnett Cox and Associates. He will be speaking on behalf of ASI. We have Corey Black speaking on behalf of the San Luis Obispo County Democratic Party for the Cal Poly Republican Association. It's Bill Whittle, who is a Los Angeles-based conservative commentator. So out of those panelists, people have become upset. Bill Whittle, who is speaking on behalf of the Cal Poly Republicans, he has been known to make racist remarks.
1: And one of which was he he said basically verbatim that he thinks black people are genetically uh, inferior intellectually than white people.
0: Yeah, so people are upset that he is a part of the panel. As a result, the the panelist, speaking on behalf of the Democratic Party, has pulled out from the panel, which has kind of caused some drama. And, I mean, I want to know your take on them pulling out. I don't necessarily agree that they should have.
1: Yeah, so this comes off the back of about a year ago, Milo Yiannopoulos came to Cal Poly and he spoke and there was widespread protest among the student body to allow him to come and speak because he has a lot of controversial opinions that are very unpopular uh, amongst uh, many young college students. And so, I mean, he was still allowed to speak. The difference being is you had a panel that was way more diverse and now that you have the Democrats like pulling out, i don't think that's a good thing i think i don't
0: think it is either because the way this panel seems like it's going to be set up is it's not like it's a debate it's not like it's going to be an argument aren't they just stating they each have like something to say on the topic
1: Mm -hmm. well here's the here's the argument against allowing this guy to speak the argument is that black people's intelligence should not be up for debate that this shouldn't be a conversation that we should even be having, that it's essentially hate speech. And I can see that argument. It's really hard to define where hate speech begins and where it ends. But I'm of the opinion that if you give someone a platform to speak ignorantly about something, you're also giving others a platform to dismantle their argument. So I think the Democrats not coming to this event is a missed opportunity where they could essentially rebuttal and destroy this guy in a public space, you know? And I mean, obviously respectfully, but they could, they could make a counter argument and win the argument. Like it's, it's not, you're right. It's not up for debate that African Americans are less intelligent than, than white people. Like that doesn't, of course that's not up for debate, but like, Why don't you just say that? Why don't you prove that on the stage, you know?
0: Yeah, instead of just backing down.
1: Yeah, like, it's not up for debate, yeah, but, like, people are going to continue spewing, you know, nonsense regardless, so why not just keep throwing them down to the mat, you know, in that sense?
0: Yeah, and it is important to diversify this panel, and we do have freedom of speech, and everyone should be able to say what they have on this matter, but exactly like you said, if he gets up there and makes himself sound like a complete idiot, then... He has four or five other people that can
1: that can that can that can take him down for that exactly, but if you have people pulling out, then you just have one person who is i mean obviously that's that's an extreme, but if everyone decides decided not to respond to this guy, then you would have one guy up in front of everyone spewing nonsense and nobody to take him down for it
0: mm-hmm.
1: anyway i I'm not a fan I'm not a fan of this this decision
0: i mean as journalism majors were kind of taught to be super neutral and to see both sides. So I personally like seeing both sides. Like, I want to know both sides of the argument.
1: I want to be told why he... I just want him to explain to me why he thinks black people are less intelligent than white people.
0: Yeah, but we're also living in an age where people just don't even want to hear things that don't align with what they agree with. And I think that's wrong. Yeah, it'll make you uncomfortable. And yeah, you might not want to hear it, but you need to be exposed to other views and you don't have to agree with it. Yeah. And
1: at the same time, I think if you and I were African American, we might feel differently about this because when he says that African Americans are less intelligent than white people, he's not talking about you and me.
0: Yes. You know, and I completely see where the democratic party representatives are coming from this issue. I don't think it's necessarily wrong that they pull. It's definitely, it's a slippery slope for sure. But, I mean, I would have liked to see the full panel there. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see. We're both going.
1: Yeah, so that's happening tonight at 7 p.m. and goes until 9 p.m. at Chumash Auditorium in the UU. And we'll be there, and we highly recommend that you guys go. You can reserve your spot on Eventbrite. It doesn't cost any money.
0: It's free.
1: And uh, it should be an interesting discussion regardless of who's attending or not. Um, And I believe the students will be given an opportunity to speak. So if you have something to say, you should definitely show up. All right, Caitlin, are you ready to roll into the B-side? Yes. Sweet.
0: Time for the B-side.
1: Valentine's Day is tomorrow.
0: So Zach, do you have any Valentine's Day horror stories?
1: All right, well, I got one story for you. It was my worst date ever.
0: Dun, dun, dun.
1: So my worst date ever came off of Tinder. Actually,
0: he was on the Tinder.
1: I was tending, and I met this, or I, I matched with this girl right before I left on my my trip, because um, I was traveling that summer, and I messaged her like, "Hey, when I get back, like maybe we can meet up." Didn't really think much of it because Tinder generally doesn't work very well, at least for me. Maybe I'm not using it right, but so. I ended up uh meeting up with this girl when I got back um She wanted to meet me at a bar in the city I'd never been to um I wasn't really aware of like the bouginess level of that bar, but it was like a rooftop bar, like really expensive drinks. I was super out of my element was certainly not dressed well enough to be there
0: Oh yeah, and if you know Zach, you know that like him in a rooftop bar setting nope
1: it don't really go well together. So I get there uh, early because (laughs) I'm a punctual dude, and if I say I'm going to be somewhere, I'm going to be there. Um, So I'm waiting around a little bit, and I'm obviously super uncomfortable because I feel really out of place. So I go to the bar to get a drink, and I don't know how it happened, but I ended up buying uh, another dude next to me a Red Bull. And Red Bulls at bars are like $8, so I was already down like, $22 $22 getting one drink and buying this guy a Red Bull. I don't know how it happened, but from then on, I was like, all right, this night is obviously going downhill, and the girl hadn't even shown up. It was like she was she was really late. I was like, all right, well, I guess like I'm just going to make the most of it, and I'm just going to get plastered tonight because I'm here at this nice bar, and I'm all alone, and I have a feeling this girl's going to stand me up, so whatever. So... Lo and behold, she does show up. Nice. Great. And she looks like her picture, so I didn't really get catfish, which is great. She's yeah. pretty. So I, I go to greet her, and uh, she hands me her coat. I didn't like, I was going for like a handshake or a wow. hug, but she hands me her coat. And the first thing she ever says to me is, I need to get f- drunk. I was like, oh God. Oh boy, have I made a mistake here. This girl is not for me. But I was, like, there already, and I was drunk, and so I was like, I guess this will be a good story maybe. I'll, like, try and stick it out for a little bit, and if this girl's just, like, super mean to me, then I'll go home and cry in my bed. (laughs) Just kidding. Wow. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But, you know, I'll go home, and that'll be that. So we get get some drinks, and she cannot look at me. She sits next to me and not across from me. We start trying to have a conversation, and I'm, like, really confused as to why that's happening, you know, because I was, like, generally, I feel like when you go on a date, I mean...
0: Yeah, I don't know why. Some people do that at restaurants. They, like, sit next to each other in the booth instead of across. Yeah.
1: It weirded me out, but I was, like, okay, you know, maybe she's different. I don't know. As the night goes on, she tells me that she has social anxiety, and she can't look people in the eye, and so I was, like, oh... That makes sense. And then I was like, but then why are you on Tinder? <laughs> like I feel like this is the worst place to be if you're like if you have social anxiety, like meeting a complete stranger, yeah. going to a bar with them, getting drinks and then uh trying to talk to them. But uh, you know, respect, she was trying to get out there and meet some people. So I realized after that I was like I was going to have to carry the The energy of the night, you know, so I was like, all right, well, I'll just put the team on my back here and make conversation and hang out and try to have a good time. And the night actually ended up being, you know, kind of okay. I convinced her we should go to a different bar, one that was more my speed.
0: Wasn't this girl super rich?
1: Yeah. Yeah, she was super rich. She was telling me how, like, she had crashed her previous boyfriend's, like, Maserati and it was no big deal. And I was like, oh, boy, you and I are from different worlds. Yikes. Because... I am not rich. My family is not rich. <laughs> I only bought this girl one drink because I told her, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm a college student. Like, I don't know, I don't know what you want me to do, but I'm not going to. She was
0: like,
1: ugh. Yeah, she was like, Worst
0: Tinder date ever.
1: It's fine, I guess. Like, I'll use my daddy's card. And I was like,
0: okay, oh,
1: God. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure her dad is like an Arab oil prince or something.
0: Oh, my God. Yeah,
1: it was like one of those. But, I mean, it, it ended up being okay once we got a little drunk. And yeah, so that was my. That was my worst dating
0: Did she finally look experience. you in the eye to say goodnight?
1: You know what? I don't remember. All right. Let's tell me your story.
0: So uh, I met this guy, and I, I know him. Like, I had already known him previously, and he was, like, friends of friends. And he eventually was like, we should hang out sometime, blah, blah, blah. I was like, okay, yeah, for sure. So... He says, we should go get coffee, love it, innocent enough. Okay, so I get there and, you know, as the girl you have to be like five minutes late. You have to be a little late because you don't want to be the first one there. So I already kind of get there like a little late and he's nowhere to be found and I'm kind of confused and I'm like, is this the right place? Like, is this the right time? And I was like, whatever, I'll just kind of (laughs) walk around. So like 15 minutes later, he's not there, and I'm like, okay, this is horrible.
1: So he is 20 minutes late at this point.
0: Yeah, and um, I, I was, I was gonna leave at this point because I was like, this is embarrassing, this is stupid. Like I don't want to get stood up. Also, I don't want to wait here for like an hour. Right, right, right. And so I was about to leave, and then he shows up, and was like, oh, I was, I couldn't find parking or something weird, which being downtown Ventura like I'm sorry you can find parking like that was not the excuse
1: that's not a great excuse
0: yeah but I but I know him so it I just let it slide and get some coffee and we finish our drinks and we decide like we'll just walk around downtown at that point then um because we'd been sitting there for a while so we start walking around downtown and it starts to rain literally Never rains in Ventura or Southern California. And it's raining. And so we're, like, getting soaking wet. It's, like, an actual downpour. Crap. What are we going to do? So we end up, like, running to my car because it was closest to where we were at that point. So we're sitting in my car. (laughs) and like, kind of awkward. And I didn't just want to sit in my car and talk to this person. So I'm, like, okay, let's, like, drive somewhere else. So... There's this kind of like lookout spot in town. So I was like, "Oh, we'll like go there. It's raining. It'll be really pretty, and like you'll see it over the ocean." Blah blah blah.
1: The lookout spot. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Don't be annoying.
1: <laughs> All right, so you no, drive. No, it's look- got
0: some good views. Yeah, yeah. So we start to drive to this lookout spot, and it's on this on the top of a hill, right? If you know anything about my car, it's a PLS,
1: and it doesn't do well on hills.
0: So I'm driving up this hill and my car starts to overheat and there's smoke (laughs) everywhere, but it's raining and I don't understand how it's overheating because it's raining (laughs) and I'm like trying to keep my cool because my car is literally on fire while also like hopping the sky in my car. Right. So I ended up making it to like halfway up this hill and there was thankfully like a turnout. So (laughs) park on the side of the road, pop my hood, Smoke everywhere. And he was like, Oh, like this is bad, blah blah blah. I'm trying to play it cool, like whatever, like let's just leave my car here. Like it's fine. (laughs) It's fine. We're fine.
1: This date is not far is far from over. It's going great. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah. So like it's fine. It's still raining. Okay. So we're in the rain, looking at underneath my car as it smokes. And we now have to get like from the top of this hill back to his car. Because we don't have any vehicle. So we trudge down this hill in the pouring rain. As we're doing this, we're still small talking. We're trying to both make this not awkward. And we make it to his car. And he drives me home like I'm 12. And that was the end of that date. I actually really liked him. And it was a really sad sequence of events. And he ghosted me. I'm sorry. And then like actually, I don't even know what happened to him. He just ghosted me and then like a couple months later he came back around and was like, We should go on a date to Disneyland. And I'm like, excuse you.
1: Disneyland is my home. That's my sanctuary. You are not taking me there. I was, like, you
0: can't just ghost me and then be like, yo, you want to go to Disneyland? Aw. <gasps> oh. I really liked him though. It was sad. That is sad. And you tried. I feel like it would have been fine. It was just a really... Inf- that's what I was saying. It was an unfortunate...
1: It would have been a good story if it had worked out. But it didn't. True. Like,
0: if it... But it didn't yeah, work Yeah, it would out. have been a cute, like, oh, like, our first date. was, like, 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 horrible. Damsel in distress. Like, I had to fix her car and... Except
1: he didn't know how. We held
0: hands and we ran down the hill in the rain. And... Well, there was no fixing my car. Like, it was...
1: It was dead. It was dead. Yeah.
0: I know. I think I've told that story to someone before, and they're like, this could have been really cute.
1: But but then it wasn't.
0: It was bad. Yeah. You win some, you lose some, you know? You win some, you lose some. But hope you guys have a great Valentine's Day, or Galentine's Day, or whatever you decide to do. Remember, it's just a marketing ploy. It is. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of The Flip Side. We'll be bringing you new episodes every Tuesday, so stay tuned for more. Good. That's a wrap for Acapulco Scene 4. Well done, everybody.